Live from the RM Studios in Tustin, California, at the crossroads with Gabriel and Lee. We're gonna say that it's uh, it's all leading. It's all gonna lead to communism. That's the. That's his quote. Yeah. He says uh, something to the effect of radicalism can't defeat the temptation to socialism socialism and social socialism can't keep temptation from communism mm, can't resist it or yeah there you go cannot resist and then I had it on my Twitter my last Twitter account because I really liked it hmm Resists. Quote. What was the What was the stat you sent me today? Seven out of ten millennials uh, would vote for socialism. Yep, they want to rein it in because life is unfair, and this is the only way to make it fair. At least that's it's interesting. Their justification for it, which is quite sad. Then the thought I or the thought idea is to that their younger siblings are actually going to undo that. Are going to undo it? Yeah. That's the hope. There's more of them, and they're... They're less prone to be radicalized. Oh, this is nice. I, I don't know if he said this because it's from Wiki Quote, but he says, Justice is conscience. Not a personal conscience, but the conscience of the whole of humanity. Those who clearly clearly recognize the voice of their own conscience usually usually recognize also the voice of justice. Mm. It says letters to three students in, in October nineteen sixty seven. That's beautiful. It is not because the truth is too difficult to see that we make mistakes. It may even lie on the surface. But we make mistakes because the easiest and most comfortable course for us is to seek insight when it accords with our emotions, especially selfish ones. Mm. Okay, so this is this is um, a direct correlation to uh, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and the like. Mm-hmm. He says, and you'll see it in his first volume that if only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds and it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them but the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being and who is willing to destroy a piece of his own heart right why do I have to sacrifice why do I have to well, even before that is recognizing that you have the proclivity to do such evil deeds. Or inclined to evil. Or inclined to evil. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I'll, I'll look for it, but just want to say, hey, how's it going, Lee? I'm good, sir. We are at the crossroads. How are you? How are you? I'm good. <laughs> that was a nice intro. Right? Oh, I liked it. It was smooth. Why are you wearing a San Francisco 49ers hat? I believe because they are doing really well. <laughs> if I get any hate, I mean, what, what do you want me to tell you? They're undefeated so far. Send hate mail to 11111. 
street name <laughs> avenue california maybe they haven't played the greatest of competition but they're undefeated they're saying they're the best in the nfl uh, i don't i don't see that i think the patriots are better in my opinion uh, who do you think is better than the patriots i don't know yet it might be the saints really yeah everybody everybody has weaknesses like obvious weaknesses Patriots, uh, I would say their offense. The defense is legitimate. Outstanding. Uh, but I don't, I don't buy into their offense. And right now, as, as I like to tell people, the Patriots, they're playing. Though they just finished playing their Division Three schedule, <laughs> so now they're going to play real NFL teams. Yeah, maybe not like great teams, but actual teams with winning records and seems to be reckoned with. Same thing with the 49ers. They haven't really played much of anybody other than the Rams. But even the Rams are suspect, so. The Rams. At least, hey, they're, they're both taking care of business, so I guess that's what counts. You know, what? Seven weeks? Eight weeks in? Is it eight weeks? Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying, though. I, I don't, I don't, there's not a clear-cut juggernaut, in my opinion. That's interesting. Everybody has holes, you know, there's a lot of Backup quarterbacks playing. Yeah, I think that's and, the biggest. They're, they're doing well. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, what's his name? Kyle Allen for the Panthers. He had his first loss as a starter. He went 5-0 and as a starter. The so, Panthers? Yeah. They're 5-2. They're and two. Yeah. 5-2. and two. That's a good record. Very other buy so. So yeah, socialism. <laughs> socialism or Solzhenitsyn. Solzhenitsyn. How do you pronounce his name? I just say Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Sol- Solzhenitsyn. Yeah, I could be wrong. I'm not sure to be quite honest. But I have to say, getting I'm halfway through his second volume. I would say halfway. Having f- completed his first volume, it's quite. Fascinating. Grabbed your attention. Mm-hmm. Because I've now I've read Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Now this, um, who else is out there that's in this domain? I guess you could say Leo Tolstoy, and the other guy that wrote Crime and Punishment. Charles Dickinson. No, 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 no. He was a Russian, Russian writer. Crime and Punishment. I always get this one. This is the only one I always forget. Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky. I don't know how to say his name. But yeah, I, now having read these guys... Actually, Russian writers, I don't want to say they're the best, but I think they speak from a place of deep spiritual angst, and it comes out as such, and deep psychological... Not all of them, but definitely Dostoevsky. I haven't read all of his uh, books, but Crime and Punishment, highly, highly recommend. Maybe because it's negative 30 out and they can't go outside. All they can do is just sit sit there and think. And it's uh, 24 hours of daylight at some points in the year. That's going to drive you crazy. And they love vodka. Yeah, they they turned potatoes into alcohol. 
which is pretty amazing. So, we're coming today to the crossroads. The hope, at least our goal, I think, from last time we spoke, was to touch upon unseen and seen, visible and invisible. Mm-hmm. Not sure we're going to get to all of it, because there's a lot of things, a lot of events that have occurred since that time. There's a lot. I think we should uh, touch base with each the last uh, week or so. Seven That's- days transpired even though this thing will release pretty soon hopefully right yeah we got to meet with but yeah we were talking about <laughs> how so much has gone on and we haven't really covered it and pretty big stuff pretty relevant stuff to the discussion of christianity and just life in general but uh i mean you what did, what was the first one you you brought up it was the the seven-year-old. Oh yes, right? the seven-year-old um, child whose parents are separated, as far as we can tell. And they're in the midst of a custody battle. In the midst of a custody battle, and the mother decided. Well, in light of the son's comments, the child, the child being biologically born a male or a boy, said to his mother that. He likes girls, and that... As little boys are want to do. Majority. Sometimes. Right. So if, they, if they've grown out their cootie. Yeah, if they don't like the... Stage. If they don't mind the cooties, and decided that that meant he wanted to be a girl, and so dressed him up as a girl, and treated him as such, and the father did not agree with that, because... A seven-year-old can, and, and I would say most people would agree that a seven-year-old cannot decide these life-altering decisions or cannot decide something so soon in their life. You know, we all know seven-year-olds, I'm sure, and their imagination is 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 endless. James Younger, that's his name, in case anybody's curious. James you guys, Younger. You guys want to look that up? So... And then there was a court battle. He, the father, lost it at first, but then it was overturned. Recently, and, yeah, was, and recently it was overturned. Uh, control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently, the doctors or the lawyers, I mean, or or the defense or the mother's defense, was that there's two different arguments that either he was born this way, or rather, the other was that he can decide how you truly feels right not necessarily born this way but something that can be decided later on in life without the influence of the mother dressing him up as a girl and making him wear a wig and calling him a girl besides all that besides all that that they're not going to allow him to to be mentioned during the case so and and that's a huge it's a huge deal because obviously the court is deciding how parents should parent their child, those their children, and especially in this case where the parents are separating or have separated. And on when Sunday we had a discussion around uh, marriage and when is it okay to divorce and uh, the concepts behind fornication. And there's a legal marriage, and then there is a uh, marriage under 
after it was consummated after there's mm. um after the couple has consummated the marriage consummated the marriage yeah. and that bank binds those two for life essentially unless one of them dies i think i think that's kind of the so it's your only way out yeah and then so in this instance you know we think about the family dynamics and and the nuclear family how that's been disseminated and in this instance the court is deciding how again how a dad should treat his child at seven years old which is in quite uh if we think about the constitution and freedom and all those you know pursuit of happiness and things like that i mean people can argue that his seven-year-old's pursuit of happiness is to be a girl but hmm, it's hard to say that at that point when their pursuit of happiness is to be fed and play at that point right because we're also granting the these powers to the courts to judge and jury of how much of a say do you have as a parent to raise your kids mm-hmm. how much of an actual authority do you have in raising your kids and what what's deemed morally right and wrong so that I had mentioned to you how this is going to set a very dangerous precedent because then we give the courts and the judges this much power then further on down the line they're going to have even more say with well you spoke out against such and such or you spoke out against the government in this area you're now deemed dangerous as we saw what happened to Ben Shapiro when he responded with the video mm-hmm. regarding um uh, a requirement for all schools, not just public but private, and even within homeschooling, for there to be uh, lessons on human sexuality and to incorporate uh, LGBTQ topics doctrine. and doctrine. And Shapiro had said, you know, I'm not going to allow you guys to indoctrinate my children. And if you don't give me the option of opting out or moving them schools or, you know, you can practice what you want down the street. But if you're going to force this inside of my home, then I have no option but to respond in kind. And that's... Um, Meet you at the door with a shotgun or whatever yeah, he said. in self-defense. In self-defense of... Of his family. Yeah. Essentially. And their own and their rights to, again, right. raise their child as they see fit. Right. So that's why I told you that this is a dangerous precedent because... Then it's going to beg the question. So if a seven-year-old can decide their gender, then I'm... And thus for sexuality. Sexuality. Then they're also able to make other decisions, other choices within their sexuality at that age. Having the wherewithal, the maturity, what have you. Even even to the, the horrific idea of them being in a relationship with, with a pedophile. Like, that's something that... It's gonna come well up. deemed in our vernacular as in under the legal and moral standard of pedophilia, someone over eighteen having sexual relations with an under eighteen year old, especially like seven or whatever the age is. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to know only because now the claim is pedophilia. Those who enjoy younger enjoy kids. Are that's their innate 
You can't. They were born that they way. They were born this way. They can't choose otherwise, and we should treat them with respect despite that and normalize it in a sense. Well, I would, yeah, I would imagine that the idea is going to come about with the voice or the angle of, well, this isn't damaging to children. Right? That's going to be put into right. the ringer and people are going to have to decide. And like I said, that's why it's a very dangerous precedent because then the courts and the judges are going to be able to have their interpretation of the law, their interpretation of the Constitution. And so what's going to happen when people show up that are part of a government agency where we had discussed even CPS? If Child CPS services, yeah. Shows up to your house and they're going to pick up your kids because you're not allowing your kids to express their freedoms. As ridiculous as that sounds. But, I mean, that's... And, and, and I think, again, kind of connecting this to the the Gulag Archipelago. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm saying that right. But Gulag Archipelago. The Gulag Archipelago <laughs> by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. It's an amazing in books By books uh, in bookstores near you. Uh, we don't get any proceeds, but that'd be nice. <laughs> no sponsors, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you'll find that as you go through the book that the more power that the government was given, the courts were given the more they abuse that power and the more manipulation, lies, and deception was instanced in the courts. And over time, it became so bad as we all now, hopefully not all of us, but many of us who are privy to this information, (laughs) who have decided to look and dig, find that once that power is given, it is very hard to to take back. There's no, yeah, there's no going back. There's no going back. Did you happen to listen to Snowden on Jerry? I just finished. Um, he was just interviewing the producer. Um, I forget his name now. Sorry Jamie? about them. No, 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 the like movie producer. Oh, he's done The Beautiful Mind. Okay. Um, all these great movies. Um, gosh, Brian Gazer, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just finished. I thought that was really great. They had a great vibe. Um. So I just finished that one. Uh, I haven't gotten into... I think that one's after another one that I have lined up. Okay. The next one is the author. But I, Yeah, so go, going towards that end of the government and how much uh, oversight they have. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's perfect segue. He, he had... Uh, at some portion, he had mentioned how the U.S. government won't stop... They won't stop themselves. They won't refrain from murdering American citizens to do what they need to do on in the on the basis of nat, national security. Right. Right. And so it was a post or it was a yeah, it was a post from a political account. And the joke was there's I don't know how many downloads they've had. And how many views they've had on YouTube from that interview? You know, millions and millions of people. And it, it's just ironic how we're hearing this. Somebody that was a whistleblower in our intelligence agencies, because he worked for NSA, he worked for the CIA, and what have you. So we're we're getting an inside scoop of what's going on, but the majority of us 
are going to be astounded by hearing this, but come tomorrow, we'll move on to the next, the next thing, the next story, the next, what have you. But it's just interesting because we're talking about the seen versus the unseen, right? This is something that we can't even imagine. We can't even fathom how much, how much data is being collected, how much data is being stored so that who knows, maybe a few years down the line, it's, oh, you said so-and-so about this person or this agency. I mean, we're, we're seeing it with Twitter, right? We're seeing it with, oh, well, yeah, you're homophobic or you're this, or you're that because you texted or you, you tweeted out, you know, 10 years ago that you didn't like this person. So now, you, you know, you're going to, we're going to take everything away from you. And it's just interesting how all those ideas are for us anyway, they're in the, the unseen because we're, we're not familiar with how yeah. it works, but in reality, it's become it's become part of the the known world because we know that it's happening. We know that Snowden has, uh, I believe, he had political asylum, but not anymore. I think he has he has a visa that really before it was something along the lines. Of Why did he choose Russia? The well, that's the, the that's the rub there too because some people are assuming he provided Russia with some intel in order for him to stay in within Russia he had to provide some intel to the Kremlin regarding whatever it is that he's you think that's true seen or uncovered could be I imagine it has to be I don't know I just feel like why Russia you know why they're the well I mean they're the one one of the few countries that they're not gonna buy into the US demands of true. extradition and what have you that's very true yeah, it's funny because I don't know why I say that all the time. It's funny. Well, it is funny. It is funny. Life it's is unreal. Funny. I mean, That's we were right. going back to this this last week with you know Kanye's album "Jesus Is King," and how I was telling you how God's using these figures that I would never have imagined doing the, the least things, do, of these doing what they're doing with you know. Rodman, Dennis Rodman being the catalyst for peace talks in Korea. And then somehow the host of The Apprentice becomes president of the United States. Right. Whether you like him or not, whether you agree with his politics or not, or his personality or what have you, I mean, that's a big deal. And then you have Kanye coming out. And even considering, <laughs> like, the the intellectual dark web with, like, Peterson and... You know, Weinstein Stein brothers, and you have this underground new media. Like, even, like, Joe Rogan, who's kind of just been doing his thing, I feel like in recent years has really come on the scene. He's his own news source. He's, he's his, his own Yeah, news, exactly. Like, media outlet, really. He, yeah, he is like a whole network. Him and his whatever, however many on his team are their own network. Right. That are beyond... CNN or even Fox, I would I would argue, even Matt Drudge who runs the Drudge Report, who I think is his, they're all in this plane of of independent thinking and to an extent, but in a sense where they're independent in a way that allows them the flexibility to to move information in a way they see fit that that they deem uh, beneficial. 
And I think the fruit of their labor shows that's the case. Yeah, because I mean, how how often does that happen where you could see a news segment, you could read an article from a website, from a newspaper, and you're thinking to yourself, oh man, I know there's more to the story. I know there's way more to uncover. And these figures are giving us an exclusivity to these people, this access to these people that it's like, wait a minute, the Fear Factor guy is doing this? Right. Stand-up comedian. Stand-up comedian, that guy? Martial art, artist, artist, he's the black belt. Like, right, it's, it's he can a, kick our butt right here, right now, without even blinking. It's it's pretty amazing, uh, right? We see the, the positive and negative effects of the internet and its influence on the culture. Right. How we consume information news yeah Monica's reading a book right now about that and she read me the same passage or like little excerpt from the same book that she she read it before it came out and she bought it I forgot this guy's name is like Beth Key or something like that he's you know of of him sounds familiar so it's she reads it saying that you know we're we're just looking for that, that one more podcast or you know that one news article or we're just always consuming consuming and she reads it she I know she's reading it to me to tell me that oh you gotta you know simmer down now yeah simmer 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 down and I'm saying well what the those who I listen to or who I read I think to me is different than majority of people I find in my own in my own world or of my own life and my and my this is my opinion or this is me being biased that I find it to be valuable that which I'm reading and learning and those who I'm I'm seeking to learn from I find valuable I don't know how many people out there are are, in, are similar to that in that same way because I think most people are looking at like news um sorry cable cable movies or you know they're just into the things that they're into that I don't know are beneficial to them and this is me being slightly judgmental no no I think that's something to because I wonder if he's I wonder if he's more pointing towards the mainstream consumption of information yeah whereas I'm more concerned about the what we would call the underground Mm. you know there's underground rap or whatever music genre genre and I think to me it's like this underground media this underground intellectualism that is like Eric Weinstein says is the intellectual intellectual dark web, meaning it is no where to be found on the mainstream. Obviously, there are these dark corners of the of the internet where you find whatever it is that you find there, and it's you know perverse or evil or corrupt. Mm-hmm. But that's anywhere. But at the same time, you would hope to expose that, which is exactly what is happening. I forget who I was telling, but right now you're seeing an unmasking of people's true identity. And I think with that representative that just resigned for Katie her, Hill, Katie Hill's, yeah, her her, her resignation, resignation, resignation. Yeah. And it said that she fears what will come next. And that could either allude to fear for her, you know, bodily, there could be bodily harm um, done to her, her, 
or whatever the case may be on that end or the un- other side of that is there could be more hidden that she was a part of just trying to yeah stop it and people trying. can say well that's her life she can live it as she see, as, as she sees fit but if we're holding our political leaders to a higher standard which I hope you would then wouldn't we want and then they make fun of uh What's his name? Pence for wanting his wife or whoever to be in the room with him because he doesn't want anything to happen. And he, he only goes to dinner dates with his wife if he's alone. So all this angst or all this fight for what they, whoever these they are, whoever fits in they category, define as evil and corrupt and manipulative and condescending and all these different characteristics you see it all over the place and those who fall you start to see why will Trump ever fall I don't know it's hard to say but at the end of the day like he said God will use who who the who we he deems not necessarily fit because it's doesn't use the qualified he qualifies them right it's not the polished, well-spoken, well-dressed, well-mannered person, but it's the one that you would least expect. Wow, that was a good ramble, huh? No. It's all right. <laughs> no, he definitely calls people according to his time and according to his purpose. So, like I said, that's why like this whole Kanye thing, it's, it's blowing my mind because now... He's making gospel music relative again. And not just within him, I'm saying the genre itself, where, okay, yeah, people are saying there's a market for this. There's an audience for this, so why not go, let's go and tap into this. And I think it was the same article that you sent me that he's planning on releasing a Christmas, Jesus is Born, yeah, a, a Christmas album of all, <laughs> of all things. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, I mean, even the, going back to real quick to how we consume information, I don't, even the people that, let's say, for example, do consume the articles that you do, or the videos, or podcasts, what have you, what have you, whatever it is, at this point, because of the access that we have, you can literally listen to it whenever you want, to, at, at a time of your choosing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's no longer, hey, everybody, get let's go and sit in front of the television at 6.30 to see the nightly news, you know, for half an hour, and that's it. You know, now it's, like you said, you're consuming information, whether it's a book, like you're mentioning with with uh, Solzhenitsyn, um, podcasts, what have you, speeches. That's the beauty of it. I mean, that's the beauty of YouTube, right? You can go in there and I can go and listen to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. with his speeches in the 60s. But I think the the biggest draw for the consumption of media the way we're doing it now is it's going to force you to formulate an opinion, formulate a thought, an idea, and then you're going to bounce that off of somebody else. Hopefully, right? That's the hope that we're exchanging information and we're not just keeping it to ourselves, but we're actually making um, informed decisions. Like this, that, this actually happened to me today with a coworker. 
he's talking about we're talking about the NFL season and he was talking about the 49ers and he was mentioning how you know we had, you and I just mentioned that the the Pats and the Niners are undefeated and he's mentioning how he's hoping the Niners end up losing in the playoffs he wants to see them big, lose big in the playoffs because you know he believes in standing for the for the anthem but he also believes in free speech and he was telling me he's like yeah I just feel that the Niners did Kaepernick wrong by just letting him go and and then me with my 49er hat that I'm currently wearing <laughs> that I don't wear every day but um, me with my 49er hat you know symbolically I told him the actual happening of how this all went down and how the coach and the general manager that brought Kaepernick in were no longer there. Oh. So, he essentially, he had a year left on his contract. The new coach, the new general manager come in, and they flat out say, we're going to run a different system than what we did previously when you were here with the previous coach, previous general manager. And the understanding was, you're going to have to fight for your job. You know, we're new to us, and 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 this is a whole new, you know, what's this? What's the saying? We're turning over a new leaf. Yeah. And so he he actually had a an opt in clause in his contract, so he could have played one more year with the 49ers. He played one year under the new coach, under the new general manager. At the very end of that year, he had the option to stay in with the 49ers, and he actually opted out because he didn't want to compete for a job, so to speak. So he, he had, it was the play, it's called the player option. Yeah. Sometimes it's team option, sometimes it's player, but Kaepernick actually had, he actually let himself go from the league, if we want to put it that way. He's the reason why he didn't get to play and further develop his skills, further develop his reputation as a good player, as a good quarterback. So you mean just do it even if it means sacrificing everything? Something like that. <laughs> but I told my coworker this, and he's like, I had no idea. I had no idea either. I didn't know that. He's like, I just thought because of him kneeling, because of his political activism, he's like, you know, even though I disagree, he's like, I had no idea that's what that was the case. And I'm like, like yeah, like there's... And so what I'm saying is like... It was an actual football decision. No, and it probably could have been later on down the line because I shared with him too about my opinion about Tim Tebow. I'm like, Tim Tebow is the same thing, except he wasn't advocating for Black Lives Matter, the, the organization. He was he was just being Kanye West out there, kneeling. taking a, He was still taking a knee. It was just for Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so it was like... It was a different It's knee. a different cause, yeah. but it, it was a big enough cause to draw negative attention, so to speak, on the league. Right, where right. It makes sense. Yeah, they're a corporation. They're a business. They don't want any kind of scrutiny, negative attention. Um, they actually have... Uh, the NFL has that reputation or that advantage, so to speak, that other league, other professional leagues don't where you don't really know who these guys are as far as recognizing them on the street because they're wearing a helmet, they play at night, you know, they have a, sometimes they have a visor... So you, we really don't know. You couldn't. A lot of them you really couldn't tell off the street. You know, hey, you're the wide receiver for the you know the Colts or whatever. Like that's that's the luxury that 
that's afforded to them, and that's one that they actually exploit and they actually use to their advantage. Where it's like, no, 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 we're we're team oriented here. We're you know, we're we're all about you know, champ- you know, teams make championships and or in like um, much to the chagrin of some of my friends, perhaps the NBA, where it's in basketball, but usually the team that has the best player is going to win the game. Or, you know, baseball, where it's a little bit more individualistic, too. But, anywho, <laughs> now my long rants. Right? <laughs> my long rants over. But, no, but yeah, I, it just that was my point. Just that now that we're able to consume information the way that we are, in turn, you're also able to formulate a stronger a thought, a stronger opinion once you bounce off these ideas with somebody else, mm-hmm. which is actually the beauty of. Another beauty of uh, the digital age, I guess, that we live in, if you want to call it that. Um, the digital revolution. Actually, recently, I reconnected with somebody that I was having conversations with online. Um, they actually held a politogram. It, oh, what? You don't know? Oh, okay. So, a politogram? So, yeah, well, I, now I have to explain. <laughs> He's putting his stuff away, people. <laughs> He's getting ready. So okay, so He's in fixing his hat in uh, political circles within social media. This one being Instagram. A politogram is an account that's solely covering political topics, or it's a specific political angle, or f- political philosophy, what have you. So I started following a young man. Within that, within that world, I guess, and I started having conversations with him. He's expressing himself um, openly about his life, about his um, lifestyle. Um, he was out of the closet, and this is another conversation we had previously. You and I gave about how it's a little bit off-putting with the internet and social media and people posting about, oh, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. And um, it's just really hard to ignore. Mm-hmm. For me, at least, I don't know about you, but, and or people listening, how it's really, it's really hard to go around somebody posting very personal, very intimate things online. And for me, I mean, I, because when I know these people personally, it's really hard for me just to ignore and just to look past it. And I'm going to swipe to the next story or I'm going to sw- you right, know, right. scroll down to the next post. But if it's, especially if it's somebody that I know on a one-to-one personal basis, I do tend to message them or try and encourage them in a way. I haven't always been the best at that in the past. Been uh, very critical, a little bit harsh, maybe very harsh for some, for others. <laughs> But um, Grace is like, oh man, yeah, right. <laughs> what she has to put up with. No, but um, cause you and I had, had those discussions, and I love the way you put it. That even though it's called social media, it's actually, in a lot of ways, in the majority of, of the time, it's actually a uh, anti-social media, where we're not progressing as people. We're not, we're not getting any closer because yeah. of social media because of the internet at least maybe that's by design maybe that's just um 
an unforeseen byproduct. Trolling, right? I don't think people saw that coming. Maybe some people did. Some developers did. Memes. Memes. What have you, yeah. So, so anywho, with this young man who's posting personal things about his life, personal struggles, how we began having conversations and discussions. And from there, it followed that uh, not only was he... Uh, out of the closet, but he was also an atheist, or not sorry, not agnostic. And from there, I was able to open up and share. I'm a Christian, you know. I believe in Christ, and and so we had developed um, a rapport. Rapport, like, yeah. yeah. And then, but I believe it was a few months later, maybe a couple months later, he ended up deleting his account. He just said, this is too hard for me. I'm going through a lot right now. And the very last conversation was, hey, me telling him, hey, I'm praying for you. I know it sounds difficult. You know, you're young. You're, you have all these um, things going on. And he had mentioned how um, he didn't feel his lifestyle was conducive to, he was just telling me, one of the things he had, one of the things he had told me that his lifestyle wasn't conducive to a strong or a positive culture or society because it was actually counter to family right it was counter to having a strong household strong family unit uh roles within a family and and him saying that I was you know just like I said being, being an encouragement, trying to be an encouragement, trying to, you know, lift them, lift them up from, you know, whatever, whatever he's going through, what have you. So he ends up um, deleting his account, but before he did, he actually shared his personal account, and I just, I missed the deadline for when to follow, you know, <laughs> and this is like almost a year ago, I want to say, and the other day, I think it was Friday night. I'm scrolling through my phone. I'm looking through old uh, screenshots because I'm like, oh, there's stuff I need to get rid of that's old. And I remember it was one of his stories he had actually posted. And so I was being a creeper, I must admit, online. Because I was like, it was, an, it was an ad. It was an ad for an apparel, like a political apparel, like line of apparel. So I was like, okay, well, let me go like... Because I know I had met somebody else who had met him too, or that exchanged um, information with them, but they couldn't remember all the details. Anyways, long story short, I found him through that other through that other uh, page, and so I was talking to him on Saturday, and I told him, "Hey, hmm. I don't know if you remember me, but yada yada yada." And then it turns out he's a Christian now. What? Yeah, and like his he has. Christian post and he has like scripture like <laughs> on his bio and he's like telling me his like journey his process and I'm like dude like that's a story that needs to be told perhaps one day he can he should he definitely come us. in yeah shout out to the guy but, and I was telling him yeah and I was telling him I'm like oh man that'd be so cool okay I'm just like full circle right yeah like, but I was just telling so him awesome. like cause I cause you when you said that a while back about it's anti, it's actually anti-social media I was telling him I was kind of reiterating that with him and I was saying 
when I can make this a positive experience, when I can actually like connect genuinely with people yeah. in sincerity and honesty and actually exchange good ideas or what have you, I'm like, this is actually a very meaningful platform. Because most, like you said, most of the time it's not, it's not that. It's fake news. It's people trolling. It's, it's something Russian else entirely. Bots. Russian bots. <laughs> it's something else very, but I was like, I guess that's like my little mini like praise report or thank or you know we give thanks on Wednesdays we have that portion oh yeah we're thankful for what we're thankful that's something I'm very thankful for because I'm like I had no idea you know and and I ended up telling him yeah like just so you know I was praying for you at this time you know it's just a testament to God's faithfulness to God's grace grace and always he's always listening loving kindness he's always here whether or not we're worthy to offer up a prayer offer up a a uh, request, what have you? And this is all. I'm trying to tie no, tie yeah, the loose ends here about. I'm glad you told this about uh, the unseen versus the seen world, where we don't know what's going on, and um, it sounds just uh, just to connect that yeah with this story is when we think about the unseen. Obviously, there's scriptural references references to. You know the, the the battle with the uh, two thirds angels, and mm. he opened up his eyes, and there is the you know um, being reborn, and there is the living water and the living bread, and um, but in this case, in connecting all that to this story, what is unseen is the turmoil that he's feeling within. His, his soul, his spirit. I can't even see him. And you can't even see him, right? Even beyond, right? First and foremost. <laughs> and then to know a year later that he's come to Jesus, he's had his come to Jesus moment or whenever right. it was, and then you can see the the visible in what the account, the evidence in the, his account is, the right. visible transformation in his life. And it sounds like he's doing a lot better and has found has found God and, and that connected to Kanye and his turmoil and his grief and his pain and his torment and his own soul and how those are very similar but how in having that faith that over time in listening and, and having ears to hear that transformation can happen and it's and it's not visible in thinking about potential it's not visible until you see the fruit of that transformation mm-hmm. which can be externally in, in his demeanor I'm sure he's walking tall I'm sure he's interacting with his friends and family in a very different way more meaningful way I would imagine right and is not hesitant or is not timid or or holding himself back from developing relationships with others because I'm sure that's one of those byproducts of being depressed or, or whatever the case is in the, in his in this case. That's awesome, man. Crazy how that happens. It's really crazy. It's not by I wonder how I wonder how often. Maybe not as often. Maybe more often than we think. I don't know, it's hard to say. I mean I I hope it happens more often than not. Yeah. No, I mean just in general, I I think I've made maybe three or four friends on the internet like as of late I'm saying like because of social media I but yeah I, I mean that's not 
that's not something that's talked about talked about or that's not even an approach or, or encouraged when somebody's yeah. entering into that world I mean, because it is a world right it is a it is a, it's a different realm that's what what did what did uh elon musk say it's it's like we're or it's, it has to do with interfacing the way we're interfacing is, is different but there's a part of you this is the way you put it and i'm using it very loosely but um I'm quoting very loosely a part of you, a part of your mind is actually being embedded. created, embedded into the internet, into, you know, digital, in a digital format. And we're not even, we have no idea what we're getting ourselves involved in. What and, we're giving ourselves to. Right. <laughs> Talking about the unseen. Talking about the unseen. <laughs> I was scared about doing a 23 and me and then being able to clone me like, <laughs> Another Bill, Lee. Bill, Bill Burr was saying, but now it's like, no, no, they're gonna clone my thoughts. They're gonna clone my brain, and like that's things. bad enough. Yeah, with, with cloning you, it's your identity, your characteristics. Can you imagine that? I already did ancestry.com, so I'm, I'm pretty much screwed. It was cool though. It's cool. I would recommend it. Anyways, <laughs> they have our data. What else can we really? You're signing. That's a weird thought, but yeah, you're signing away your. DNA, your genetics to a third party, which is cool. And, and thinking about Kanye's lyrics when he said that my life is no no longer mine, but he who sits on the throne. Hmm. I have to say, there was a couple times when I teared up with the Chick Fil A song, the open on Sunday, not open on Sunday, close on Sunday. Sorry, yeah, because it was like very like intimate in his thoughts. I felt, I felt it. Like I can connect to those emotions and those feelings and it felt very intimate even though it was chick-fil-a close on sunday yada 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 i feel like that's on the periphery in terms yeah. of like what he was actually saying and, and like you know don't let them indoctrinate you and he no longer gonna be a slave to culture that's a big one that 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 was i thought that was profound because yeah because i was talking actually talking to my coworker today about um songs and what have you and yeah, it came up about. I was like, well, what are what are the things he's actually talking about? I mean, yeah, he's talking about Christ. He's talking about God and how he's telling the devil that he served him his whole life, but now he wants something to do with that. But a big one that stood out to me too was, as you just mentioned, was the family aspect. Was this is my home? This is my wife? This is my, kid. my kids? Yeah. And he even goes as far as saying, if I have to walk this alone, if I have to do this on my own, then... So be it. So be it. Yeah. So... That, I, I thought was... That's chilling. Talk like, about... gives you chills. Talk about hating your father and your mother to follow me. Right? Yep. Yeah. Um, that's... I think, I, I mean, we've already said... I know we've already said a lot. We've already <laughs> No, we haven't said enough. We just <laughs> scratched the surface, sir. Okay. The invisible surface. The invisible. Okay, so with that in mind, I did want to share just really quick this verse from Second Corinthians four, and it's touching on the unseen. And it's uh, verse seventeen: For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So there, 
there you go. Like you're saying, the, the potential, our thoughts, our, like you said, like our emotions being tapped into through song. You know, what it, what's another one I've heard before too? What is music if you really think about it? It's not physical because you can't, excuse me, it's not like you can really get a hold of it or capture it. I mean, yeah, you can do that to the instruments, but we're not seeing the notes fly out of the speaker. Right. We're, we're intaking them on a much different level. The same in connecting this to the word. You can't see the word. You can hear the word. You can hear the music. It can affect you. It can, it can um, direct your way, your path the same way in a very similar way I'm uh, not exactly obviously the word being spoken no. from God but in thinking about music and how it can it can move you you can move it literally can move you to to dance or to whatever you do when you when you hear music that excites you and and is invigorating which is why Peterson says that concerts are um I don't, I don't know if he says heavenly but it's spiritual Spiritual in its, in its most fundamental yeah. level because it's a collection of people together listening to art and 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 the the instruments and the the moving of of all the different you know the singer to the drummer to the guitarist all in in co- how do you say that cohesion cohesion and harmony and and, and which is why we have you know Mozart and everyone else, and which is why you have different uh, interpretations of musical styles and genres. In the very same way, we think about gifts, and that's what I was going to bring up actually about Kanye and, and how God uses the different gifts. And if we abide in those gifts while keeping our eyes on God, you know, with love, right? It has to be done with love. And I think now at this point when he's turning this leaf he's doing it with love because he says that he wants to share this message with, with everyone with the world with right. the world exactly and 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 how there was this I think it was a state article wasn't it talking about how there was different um, artists that were gospel before they turned more mainstream or commercial right and then got criticized and some of them went back some of them didn't some of them kind of were between both worlds and and how there's this kind of perversion with com- commercial co- commercialization of music the music industry and then you think about Hillsong worship mm-hmm. and how that's kind of gone its way and then Justin Bieber kind of had a very similar experience to Kanye Ranting again sorry sir <laughs> no just uh that's one of the things that came to my mind too about Kanye. I was like, he's not the first guy to do this. Maybe not to this degree where he's talking about his addictions that he no longer has or how his previous point of view, he did that with Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, he said, you know, a year ago I was on your show and, and he's like, I no longer agree or stand by those comments or those views. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I, the people that I thought, I know Slate mentioned some people, but the people that I thought of that had gospel albums at some point in their career were Elvis, Johnny Cash, uh, Bob Dylan. Oh, wow, yeah. So there's been a few people that... That's a good lineup. They went through this, I don't know if you want to call it a phase or you want to call it 
you know, a moment in their career. But yeah, but people do it, and some people stay, some people don't. I mean, I think what I'm hoping, obviously, the hope is with Connie's album is it leads to to God, leads to the Bible, it leads to some sort of curiosity. For people, yeah. For for whoever are his listeners and... Discussions to take place. Discuss, exactly. A, a means to, to to bring imaginations that were maybe not... That were maybe dormant and I mean, now have been I, awakened. Like I sent you that, that screenshot of that tweet that I saw. of There's people tweeting, I'm an atheist, but Kanye's music is making me say, I love God. And... It feels really good to say this, and I know I'm not the only one. That's for sure. So there's that's that's happening amongst people, and it's just interesting because I always think like, yeah, when people that are famous that do have a platform do proclaim Christ, everyone else has to decide. Everyone else has to make up their minds of is this guy a good guy? Is this guy a bad guy? Is he for us or is he against us? And it's very, um, very close to what Jesus said about he came into the world to divide, divide homes, you know, father and mother or son and father, essentially saying people have to decide for themselves, who are they going to say that I am? How are they going to decide? Well, the things that I'm saying, everybody has to make up their own mind. Just as... Was it John the Baptist that recognized that Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And then the Samaritan woman that recognized that that Jesus was a prophet is how she described him. Mm-hmm. And in these very pivotal moments, as Jesus was interacting with these specific people, they came to that realization and they... They, they professed it themselves and, and it was in speaking that truth that this and kind of confirmed obviously I, I'm, I'm now in Isaiah in the Old Testament mm. that alludes to and it points to the coming of, of Christ and says it in there that uh, born of a woman and the name will be Emmanuel and it kind of lays it all out there for Government you is on his shoulders what? It says that the government shall be upon his shoulders. It says that? In Isaiah 9. It tells, you, it tells you how good I was listening, essentially, huh? <laughs> well, essentially, not that he's going to... Um, be the government. Be the government or take the burden of the government, but that the government's oppression is going to be... like Against. Against him. It's going yeah. to come against him. Yeah. That's deep. Well, I mean, they killed the guy. They killed the guy. Right? They put him on the cross. Yeah. And they nailed him up as a decoration. Um, wow, that's is that blasphemous? Kind of dark, yeah. Okay. Well, if uh, that upset you, I don't know what to say at this point. Welcome to At the Crossroads. We're at the crossroads. Blasphemy takes place sometimes. Okay. Well, <laughs> all is forgiven. Let's forgive it. Amen. <laughs> I do that, as you can tell from moment to moment. This, this game guy... He sounds like a real jerk. <laughs> you know that's happening at some point, right? For me too. I can't. I can't get fired from my own podcast you're, unless you're, Lee decides. You're fired. You're fired. 
Get out of my face. <laughs> I'm going to be president. What? So my point in all this... Point being? Is that it's important because there is an eternal truth, as you just mentioned, that unseen, the unseen world is eternal. It exists at all times. Oh, there was a question about that, but we'll get to that. And I think in that is the truth, that it exists eternally. But you can't see the truth. It just is, just as God is. God is the truth, the light, right? Was that a rap or what? Kanye, you can use those lyrics if you want. (laughs) Listen, Kanye. (laughs) Well, yes and no, because the one that comes to mind for me is... Having we just I just mentioned it having ears before we started having ears to hear and eyes to see, so in other words, uh, at some spiritual point, ears, spiritual eyes. At some point, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to submit yourself, or you're gonna have to hear the word, and by faith be obedient to the word, even though you don't know what it means, even though you don't know where it's going. You have to decide for again going back to deciding. You have to decide for yourself whether or not you're going to be obedient, whether or not you're going to submit to the word. Again, and be trusting, trusting, right? Because this is all unseen. What do you mean I have to move my family and my possessions and go to a strange land that I've never, I've heard of it, but I've never been. I don't know if it's plentiful. If there's nomads out there, murderous nomads. Abraham didn't know any of that. Or to give Abraham a child. That was that too. Yeah. They had had a faith in, in that as well. And Noah. Well, Kanye brought up Noah. And I think that's that's a good <laughs> case in point, right? <laughs> I just made a joke without knowing it. What did, what did I say? No, just that the, you know this Kanye guy sounds like a real jerk. <laughs> he sounds like a real jerk. Heads Rawr. off! Heads off to Norm Macdonald. That's his joke. Is it really? When something someone comes up and it sounds disagreeable, or oh, this guy sounds like a real jerk. This uh, Gandhi guy sounds like a real <laughs> jerk. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Yeah, comedians. That's a whole different thing. Did you see what James Chappelle, Dave Chappelle, just said? He got in trouble? On Twitter. He said that, yeah, I understand that, you know, political correctness is, has its importance and yada, 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 this and this and that. And then he goes. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like, no joke. Like, he literally went. <laughs> right at the end of that. Like, kind of like, eh, whatever. People, do, people don't get it, right? The, the, the court jester is a very crucial, crucial part of this whole thing without the court jester who's going to tell us the truth yeah they make light of it yeah they make fun of it yeah you know they make fun of the king and the queen the bishop but without them how are you going to know if there's any free thought if there's any free speech did we say this last time that 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 comedy the the court jester is a con- canary in the coal mine they are we did there's a connection to it I don't know what episode but there's a connection to it in that once I think I think it's fitting that 
once that is taken away, we no longer have the canary. We can no longer be warned because we no longer have the access to those who can speak the truth and without fear, without, without fear, yeah. and, and and push the kind of the, push the envelope to right. the full extent, and, and maybe even go beyond the the Overton window. Is that so, even the right? No, what's the Overton window that's open? And then once it's open, I, don't I never know. understood that metaphor. I, I just know. use something I don't know how to use. <laughs> Do it. Anyways, I no, just no, like that. I like that Overton window. No, no. I mean, yeah, that because that that alludes I should just to. Just Google this before I started. I mean, you could do it now. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, a very strict uh, research, a very strict and <laughs> we have a research team, <laughs> research team dedicated to the facts of the show. Um, no, but that that alludes to the whole goalpost being moved every few years. Yeah, and not just that, but then I forget who was saying it recently. For example, Andrew Dice Clay. I don't know that much about him. I just know that when he came out in the 80s on the scene, he was actually considered very raunchy. And a lot of conservative, the people on the conservative side, they're like, heck no, this guy is way too <laughs> crazy. He's saying all these raunchy things. Shouldn't be saying that. This isn't, you know, acceptable. And now 30 years later, it's the left that's doing the complaining. The left is offended the left is canceled you know part of the cancel culture the left is the one saying you can't say that because of your white privilege you can't do that that's cultural appropriation and the conservatives the people on the right not just conservatives but the people on the right are saying whoa whoa whoa, whoa. i don't agree with what you're that's saying that's our thing I don't, yeah. <laughs> get out of our corner <laughs> no but you know what i'm saying like yeah. they're not that they agree with what's being said, but they understand the ramifications of if we tell this guy he can't say that, then tomorrow they're going to tell us that we can't go to church on Sundays. And I and I think it's important. And it's it's I think it's important to point out that the criticism, especially with those who are on the right, more conservative leaning, in connection to those being more spiritual in in relationship to Christianity. There was always that criticism of, of like you know, don't tell me what to do in my bedroom, stay out of my body, you know, um, stop being so kind of oppressive, and and they're wanting to be more kind of free range in the, in their whatever it was in in their um, let's say in their sinful nature, let's say it that way, calling you out. Yeah, it, it, it's it's obviously there's there's an over an, an over what is it an overstepping of that in some sense overstepping their bounds. I think so. I think there is that possibility that that's the case with the conservative right Christian. There is that possibility. There is there is a certain place where it can overstep boundaries. Mm-hmm. But I think. In, in light of this shift to the left, you know, the stripper pole is going to the left now instead of the goalpost. I want to call it a stripper pole because sure. I think it's funny. I'm supposed to laugh at this point. He, there you go. <laughs> the stripper pole is moving all the time so a different stripper can dance on it. 
Wow, this no. is when we lose everybody. No, no. I, it's, we have zero listeners. At this point, no, because... I don't know, the goalpost sounds so, like... You, it doesn't make sense to me, to be honest. It doesn't? No. So you don't know the history of football, the NFL? No, I understand, like, you know, the goalpost, and you kick the field goal, and it's in the same no, spot. No, but it was literally moved. Oh, you're right. Oh, my god. It was moved, like, three or four times. Bang. That's me calling myself an idiot. It was. It used to be in front of At the... At the actual goal line. And then now they moved it back. Then they moved it in the middle for some dumb reason, and then they moved it all the way to the, the end. The goalpost. Okay, anyways. the players were running... Obviously, the players were running into, when they're running their slant routes or... Cross patterns, routes whatever and you, They're running into the goalpost. Okay, well, I take back the stripper pole. Whoa. The goalpost. Yeah, that was a fail. <laughs> Thanks for telling me that before, Lee. I'm sorry. <laughs> what was I saying? Stripper poles? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so in, in it being sh- the goalpost being shifted so far to the left where now there's this council culture, PC culture of everyone's offended, everyone's oppressed, everyone's... Um, triggered and marginalized and victimized and whatnot. If we think about what it can do to shift back and thinking about the yin and the yang and the snake and we need to both talk both sides left and right, you know, as Peterson says, and and having that ability to have free speech and, and you know, iron sharpens iron. And if we can have true mutual edification as, as long as we bring and speak in truth and don't lie and as long as we can do that then we can find our way out of this that's me being hopeful and I think in light of the conversation on Sunday about marriage and fornication and um, you know man and woman consummating that consummating marriage and then that binds them together for life and that they turn out separate it made me really think deeply about about marriage, and it made me think deeply about the family unit, the the fam, the what is it called, the family core, the family core, the family oriented, family friendly, the family sized minivan. <laughs> What's it called? That bomb, the family family bond, bomb, the bomb with the bomb. bomb? Yeah, like the family Adam or nuclear family. Gosh. Nuclear family. I was thinking bomb. <laughs> the bomb family. The nuclear family. And and I was thinking about this in, in connection to if any politician, I think, in my opinion, were to go out and win a race, because I've talked a little bit to you that I've Politics. had yeah. aspirations at some point. It kind of fades in and out. But my platform would be primarily based on the family. How do we heal? How do we bring the family back to the forefront over government, you know, in, in conjunction with God, right? That's always going to be the, the foundation for everything. In bringing back the family and, and, and having that being the core value of someone's platform and let's say it's my platform I would say that would be of utmost importance in that if you think about all of the orphans and if you think about all the single moms if you think about all the abuses that uh, stepchildren face and you think about 
the rates of those who are born to single parents and divorces and how that's so traumatizing to a family, especially if there's kids and how expensive it is. And you think about all the the ramifications of a broken family. My hope would be, and I'm sure there's people out there that are, that are doing this work, either in politics or outside of politics, that are mm-hmm. looking to have this happen because obviously once you've healed that once you've healed the family unit then then you are left with a stronger society and a stronger culture and hopefully the work that can be done at that point is more on a spiritual basis and 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 thinking about humility and and all the different aspects of of being human and and the proclivity to have darkness within ourselves and and shedding light on that truth that kind of got off track but my point being is that I think once we can heal the family unit we can start to really work on the individuals within that family in short yeah that makes sense I've I've come to the realization or conclusion and I might have heard it somewhere from somewhere else and I don't remember um but I, I've come to the understanding or the acknowledgement that good and responsible dads are the most responsible or the, are the most important and crucial role for a functional society. And I know that's saying a lot. There's a lot to unpack. And I know the feminists and the left aren't going to like that very much. But it's interesting going... Going back to Kanye, that's something that he had mentioned on Jimmy Kimmel, saying that the black youth in America, that that's a culture of orphans. That's a people of orphans because dads are not in the home anymore. And that's just not, it's not that this is a 50-50 shot. No, the majority, this is what's going on, majority of black homes. And it didn't. It did not used to be that way. And it, before they actually had a higher rate of success within families, because they well they blame the well before that the reason why they were together more at a higher rate was because there was a strong spiritual. They were more spiritually connected. Foundation. Right? Found yeah, foundational. Right. And then what happens? The. Well, there's some blame on the civil rights movement. That after the after effects of the civil rights movement was the welfare programs that incentivized women to stay single because they they would receive government assistance because there wasn't a father in the home. So the government came in and the decided to play God. And they father. did. God the Father. They did, but at the same time, I do. Oh, and the prison... Um, the prison system, drugs. Prison system, the, drugs. The war, get war on drugs, right. That all, all that played a factor, for sure. That all played a factor. Uh, but I do th- I do think in this case, this is where men have to be responsible. And we have to repent from our father's... Sins. That generation's yeah. lack of responsibility, lack of integrity, lack of honesty, self-control. Um... Because there's, there's another stati- statistic about 
Christian homes as well. And I think this is not just, well, it might be an Eastern, an Eastern thing too, that the, the father figure or the, the father of the home, the man of the house, him being, if you look at scripturally speaking, is also the priest of the home. So that implies a spiritual leader of the home, of the family. But that in these older cultures, these older uh, groups of people that have a more documented history, I guess, if you can put it that way. So their, their norm is wherever daddy goes is the way the rest of the family goes. So there's been statistics, studies that show you have a higher rate of success of your children being believers if the father in the home is also a believer. Because once dad accepts Christ, then everyone else follows suit. Whereas if it's just mom that that goes to church and accepts Christ, it's not it's not a stronger the, that environment is not as strong as it as well, opposed to dad being like the key to unlock that. We're talking about earlier, we we're talking about potential. We're talking about that, that unseen, unseen world that and and to become. it's the the uh, forget where it is now. It's before Isaiah. It's got to be Proverbs, right? Train train the, your child in the way so that he will never depart right. from the path. Right. Train up a child. In the way, so that he will never, they will never depart from the path. Something, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And it is in that same light, right? It's, it's, and and in conjunction with that, it would be the father being that lead role, the lead spiritual role for right. the family. Because scripturally, it says that God has the fatherless in mind, fatherless and the widows. In our modern translations or earlier translations, or sorry, not earlier, latest translations, it's the orphans. But in actuality, what it meant was the fatherless. Because once your father passed away and you're left with just your mom, more than likely things were going to get, were going to have to be split up. So this, you know, your older brother, your older sister, they're going to go with this uncle, that family that lives, you know far away and then this the middle kids are going to go this way and then the younger ones are going to stay with mom but they're going to go in a different direction whereas if it was dad that was still around no one's going anywhere oh okay I didn't know that yeah it was just their way of of uh I guess part of their part of their welfare program part of their way of like Dividing up the burden, so yeah. to speak. Okay. In, in a sense. I mean, there's more to it. There's yeah. more to it than that. But yeah, but that's basic, basics of that. Like that's why they had the <clears throat> the dowry, the bride price, so that if the husband said, "I'm going to give you the certificate of divorce. We've had twelve kids, but I'm tired of you. You 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 over overcooked my, you know." My dish or whatever, my stew. One too many times. You're out of here. The dad, the, the bride's dad, they had some kind of savings for some kind of 
economic stability for her that the the husband and his family had had paid. Oh, upon marriage, yeah. See, there's so much there that God covered so many bases that we we don't even think about. We'll do it. Our, we'll, do it all, we'll do it our way. I think that's what's so what's so fascinating, enlightening, and it, it really eases. It, it can it, the Bible, the Scripture has so much embedded in there, and and so much wisdom, obviously, <laughs> that I think we overlook. And, and and Dawkins keeps coming to mind, and Harris, and all the you know the four horsemen atheists that are going to bring the apocalypse. <laughs> they 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 criticize because they can pinpoint certain scriptural references and say that oh look you know God believes it's okay to murder your child or it's okay to rape and whatever the case may be and you know we we, we touched a little bit on that Sunday too about rape and. I didn't even know it talked about rape in scripture, so that was the whole thing there. But that, you know, Dawkins was basically saying, you know, there's so many different religions, and they're they're saying so many different things, and they all have their own gods, and you know, it's it's he's essentially in agreement with Marx in saying that you know religion is the opiate of the masses, and you know we need to do away with with religion and God and this new utopian government of communism and. You know, essentially, that's what he what he's saying, and he believes in science. I believe in science. You know, and and how his faith is in that to be the truth. That that's the only way he can find the truth is in science and and in facts, if you will. Like Sam Harris. Like Sam Harris, but obviously the counterpoint, as Peterson points out, is it doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't how it doesn't provide you how you ought to live, and it doesn't. It, it, there's a whole plethora of, of facts and there's a whole um, data mine there's a whole mine of data and, and you have to how do you say extra ex, uh, excavate, excavate all that information but you have to know where you're going you have to know what you're looking for in order to find what you're truly yeah. want, finding valuable in your life right yeah. that's the same way you wouldn't just excavate any place well, and randomly hope you find something well, well that's the that's the sad part because our way of combating hunger amongst people is bread lines. Just get in line and you can get this bread as long as, you know, you do X, Y, and Z that the government gives you permission to do. Right? You're you're gonna we're gonna abide by the government like you were saying, like the, the government's gonna be our dad in this case. Right? Whereas that, that's our way, that's man's way of, of answering that question or answering that problem or combating the problem but then as we've learned in our studies God's way of answering that question or that problem is if you're able-bodied I'm not going to take your dignity away the food that you're going to be given is actually going to be of worth to you because when the harvest comes and there's a law that says you know, do not take everything that's there. Leave the corners, leave the edges for the widows and, and the fatherless. Those that are able-bodied, those that are poor, we're leaving them some dignity by saying, 
hey, you can actually fend for yourself. We're we're giving you an opportunity. Access. Access. Right. We're not being greedy. There's actually a portion that's dedicated for you. You just have to get up and and do it and get it. Because if you... If you if you don't work you don't eat. That's essentially what Paul said too. The New Testament. It's the only sounds God. harsh, right? It sounds harsh, but it's what true. else are you gonna what else are you gonna do if you're you know what I'm saying? It's if you're true. hungry, that means you're desperate. That means you like you wanna do something about it, right? Or you just wanna wait until somebody else does something about it? And and in connecting this to this this new argument or, or not even new but this recapitulation of the the bourgeois bourgeoisie bourgeoisie those who have the majority of wealth those who are bougie those are bougie bougie uh, if if they follow the principles that are in if they follow the law that is in the scripture and they they give their tithing or they are they they go the extra mile, let's say, not just the tithing, but they go beyond that, and they are able to provide. They provide economic opportunities for others, for others through jobs or through what have you. So, wouldn't we want everyone to abide by these laws because we see it as just? And that's right, and that's and see that's the argument against uh, minimum wage laws because it's mandatory. It's mandatory. And this is something that Disney, Walmart, Amazon, these big companies, they can afford that. But the smaller guys? But the mom and pop restaurant who they could have a high school kid, 16-year-old high school kid, work four hours, three hours after school at a lower wage than somebody that works full-time or is an adult, perhaps, because you know their hours aren't as limited. They could work for a lesser amount, gain some experience, gain some, right, some kind of income. That's that's part of the argument. Well, because you know this this uh, what is it? People need it. What is what's the the trendy left word right now? That people need the phrase. People need a livable, livable wage. wage. Yeah. Right. So the the other argument is well, these jobs weren't created for people with four kids and. Oh, car payment and rent. This was designed again back in the day. The guy at Thirty One Flavors was a high school kid. That's that. That was at least the intention behind it in a lot the, of ways. The idea, yeah. And I think in in light of that, we you know that people criticize Chick Fil A, but like what they're able to offer their employees and and the sort of culture that they have there. And this isn't by force. This it's all voluntary. All voluntary. And they decided to go the extra mile and provide those added bonuses of benefits and pay and everything else where you have people who, again, you can't afford that being a small business owner, mom, pa, like you were mentioning. And and when and when you're forcing uh, an establishment to pay a livable, whatever is defined as a livable wage, where right now, especially in California, it's very expensive to live in the areas that we're living in up north down south so then there's that whole argument of housing and and can they afford the cost and how can they have that family that they wanted to have 
maybe not so much. So then that unlocks different questions that we have to really dive into. And I don't know if people are willing to have these honest on conversations kind of on, on, on the side of politics. Cause I know politics and that's another thing. Everything's becoming so political, but politicized, politicized. And, and yeah, exactly. Everything's becoming politicized to the point where we can't even have a discussion about this, about how do businesses operate? Because somebody got offended. Right. So that, that too. Second, somebody gets offended. We, the conversation stops. So it's like, how do we find solutions if we can't even have a discussion about an open, honest, open on, yeah, exactly, open, honest discussion around these very difficult situ- situations we find ourselves in, and you know, as more and more individuals are, you know, experiencing homelessness, and you know, as as you know, people are finding themselves in drug addictions and the opioid crisis and on 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 it's like okay well can we can we talk about what's what's hurting the the soul or or hurting the individual at it at an entire level across the nation when we want to fight over who can use the bathroom and we want to fight over a seven-year-old how that child wants to live their life and we want to fight over these seemingly mean, meaningless in, a, in in light of the fires that are happening currently in California and you know people are losing their livelihoods and their homes and their belongings and I mean obviously belongings are I don't know but it, it uh, disrupts their livelihood at, at a point where it's like okay what is in front of you that's gonna determine your actions it's gonna be your family it's gonna be your livelihood your home it's gonna be your your hunger your thirst your your you want to have somewhere to sleep at night you know it's it's going to be those immediate needs that need to be met versus what's external beyond your domain and it's like people need to operate and stay in their lane and understand that there's there's going to be someone that will hopefully be the Kanye's or the Rogans or the Petersons of the world and provide some solutions to these difficult I mean that's yeah that's how another I another rant here we go no, no. we're just we're just ranting today's title uh, today's episode is rants ranting no but that it brings to mind like you were saying the natural disasters that are coming about because of the fires and I forget who said it today but they, I know Neil deGrasse Tyson had touched on it a little bit with Joe but somebody else I heard today too maybe it was Bill Burr was saying this is why the the idea or or the the movement for solar in Southern California makes a lot of sense. It won't stop the fires completely, but at least we can take that out of the equation where down power lines are causing these fires. Right? That's one that's one aspect of it. But then the other one too is people that do live in fire prone areas there have been people that have gone the extra mile and they set up a uh, like a deliberate sprinkler system super expensive but they set it up on certain parts of their property and they have to bring in water like huge water tanks and there's been stories that the fires come and they have a lot of clearance a lot of brush that's been cleared a lot of trees have been cleared 
so that when the fires do come, sometimes they're the only house standing because they actually put some thought into it. They actually prepared, you know, they, they, they what is it? They built their house, they built their house on solid ground, on the rock instead of on the sand. Hmm. But again, this goes back to what we're talking about for the uh, personal or individual responsibility where it's another one too that's been on my mind um, with, we're an earthquake country at this point in Southern California. So, who's, whose responsibility is it for you to have canned goods, to have extra water, to have first aid kits, what have you? Other than you, who's, whose responsibility is it? My mom. Oh, well. <laughs> she can't take care of herself sometimes. Anyways, that's another <laughs> conversation for another day. But you, you see, my point is that you're responsible for you. It boils down, yeah. It boils down to, cause, I mean, do we really want, do we really want to wait on FEMA for a week, week and a half to be able to get here and be generous with their supplies and what have you? I wouldn't want to be in that position, but right. at the end of the day, yeah. I it's mean, happened. Yeah. We Katrina. Have. Houston. That's a whole thing there, you know, and... <sighs> All the lack of integrity that was in those dams and those who were running the dams and those responsible for the dams and the levees, yeah. There, there could have been, like you said, there could have been a lot more thought put into that and in right. preparation for the worst storm possible, imaginable or rather imaginable. But yet they decided to kind of play second hand with it and pass it along to the next person and nothing was ever done meaningfully done I'm just saying people if you live in Southern California if we have a huge earthquake during fire season be careful could you imagine that that's that's what I was thinking when I went to the is that what you're saying like LA, at the same the, time I went to the LA Natural History Museum I don't know if I mentioned this I, I think post, so I posted it on Instagram too but is that the your coffee knew who you were no no that was yesterday or today no, no, this was from a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. No, but I didn't even know that the gas, our gas lines, our electrical lines, and our water supply lines, they have to flow over the San Andreas Fault. So, perfect storm in my mind, and they say that it is possible where there could be such a huge shift that those lines can break. Because, like, LA, for example, LA, 90% of their water is imported. You didn't know any of this, did you? I'm going there Thursday. <laughs> so I, I'm just saying the way my brain works, I'm like, oh, well, if there's a fire season, quote unquote, and there's a big enough earthquake, could you imagine we're, we're surrounded by fire, we're surrounded by these hills, the only way out is the ocean or possibly Tijuana. And there's no power, there's no water, there's no, you know, no gas, no electricity. Can you imagine the chaos that's going to ensue? <laughs> and they want to take away our guns? You, let's, say you did, let's say you did prepare, Gabe. Let's say you have all your water ready. I'm going to Costco you right now. You have your first aid kit. You know, you have your, what is it, the salt tablets that, that purify the water or whatever? Yeah, yeah, all you that. Have, you got your matches, you got your propane and your propane accessories. <laughs> let's say you got all this going and then... Someone with a gun. Someone with a gun shows up. 
Okay, give me that. Give me that. I want your stuff. You did the right thing. You prepared, but... Who, whose Gavin, joke was that? Gavin someone, did, uh, someone said... Someone did a joke that said that you're just getting supplies for the other guy to take your... I think it was the, Bill Burr. Was it? I think it must have been... Yeah, because he's always... He he was talking about L.A. not... He's like, it's it's like... Yeah, like I was thinking about... Yeah, he had a joke about it. I can't remember exactly, but... He was saying like you, you just you're just buying you're just getting all this stuff to for the for the for the big guy to come take it from you <laughs> you're just collecting it for someone else the, the guy who's bigger stronger yeah with the gun or whatever it is and but that's no I've heard that the go, the argument for for people that are pro gun that it is for women especially if you're a feminist guns are the great equalizer so it's between you and a stranger a strange man who wants to do who knows what to you maybe mug you, rob you, or worse, having protection, having a firearm beyond the... would be the great equalizer. Rape whistle or the peppermint spray. What is it called? (laughs) The peppermint spray. (laughs) Your breath stinks, sir. (laughs) Uh, Pepper spray. The (laughs) banaca? A pepper spray. Mace. Mace. Having a gun would be quite a deterrent for someone to harm a woman. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of confidence. Yeah. Holding a gun. Yeah. Then, I think that's very empowering to women. You would Talking think, about women's empowerment. You would think, right? Self defense. You know, it, it's not being victims. It's a big one too. I think that's like, that goes into the preparation piece of it. Going into who's gonna look out for number uno? It's yourself. <laughs> we totally went off topic. In this Did we? <laughs> No, I feel like we're right on course. <laughs> Are we? Feels right. Where's the map? <laughs> it said going north. <laughs> Feels like we're going north. So the unseen and the seen, right? Yeah. yeah. That's that. <laughs> not necessarily we, we talked. I knew we were. We were. <laughs> Sorry, folks. There's just way, there. There was just way too much. I, we actually discussed it too. There was way too much going on this week for us not to... They killed the ISIS leader. The ISIS guy died. The scholar, you know. Uh, Katie Hill stepped down with after her Nazi tattoos surfaced in her affairs. And Kanye's album. album. The seven-year-old. The seven-year-old transgender boy. The, the kid that was harassed by the Native American drummer. What happened to that? The case is going to be overturned. He can sue Washington Post now. <laughs> uh... What else? The one I told you uh, that blew my mind was watching Hillary talk about a lot the Elijah from the Bible calling out fire from heaven at Elijah Cummings' funeral happened. Like, why is Hillary talking about the Bible? Fire from heaven? Of all people. Yeah, like, um... <laughs> let's not start strange doctrine. Too, too crazy of a week, folks. Sorry. I think it's we again completely off road, completely off the rails. We went, we <laughs> we we went right past the crossroads. <laughs> hey, hey man, you gotta turn around, man. You got a U turn, man. You've got the map wrong. We're at a different crossroads at this point. <laughs> we're at a different one. It was fun. We made it, and then we're still alive here. We survived. Yeah, I think we did. Well, I have to say, Lee, it's it's been a ride. And I look forward to continuing this journey with you. There are many more. And I hope we have one listener 
Your mom and my mom. That's two. <laughs> Thank you, mom. Mom. Love you, mom. I'll show you how to use it, your uh, iPhone. And yeah, I'll, tell you, I'll show you how to press play. and <laughs> Don't worry. Just download. Yeah, download that. You'll be fine. It won't take up your memory. No, no, no. So. Wow. I don't even know what to say. I'm like blown away right now. This is our... Uh, what's it, what do you, you call it? Anthology or... No, not anthology. What am I thinking of? Your core. Our... Foundations. Foundational. This is... This is Can't say starting... Starting... Hey, I, I always think of starting five. This is our... Um, Pillars? No. What do you call in basketball? The eight... Eight man rotation. The top eight teams that are in the NBA. The eight Playoff March team? Madness. This is our match March Madness. Elite, the lead eight. The, yeah, this is the lead eight, bro. I hope this is the best. Imagine this is the best we got. All right. <laughs> Keep listening. This is the best money can buy <laughs> with uh, Yeti Mike and uh, GarageBand software system. That's what we got going That's on. Hilarious. This is this is the high end production. Actually, I was talking to a guy earlier, and he had his camera system, and I was like, oh, yeah, I've become much more interested in, in cameras and whatnot for the reason of eventually getting to that point in the podcast. Right. You know, if, you know, God willing, we have the ability to find some success, and we have some video content to add to the audio, and I was telling him that, you know, I've gotten to podcasts and hoping that we find some success, and he's like, well, hey, that's awesome, like... I hope you. I hope it goes well. And he, it was nice. Like he actually was like, "Oh wow, that's exciting." And Positive, I and I hope you. Yeah, it was very encouraging words. And I thought, nice. That's that's kind of rare, you know. And it was a very brief conversation with him. And I thought he was an. It was a cool guy. We connected. We actually knew someone mutually hmm. that I met um, in a previous job. And it was kind of like, "Oh, do you? I only I know about this one camera because this film crew came by and they're in, I think they're in the city of Torrance or I forget exactly where and he's like oh wait yeah I like that guy I know who he's talking about blah 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 and uh, yeah it was this really cool interaction it was brief and I thought that was nice because I mentioned to him our hopes to you know start a podcast and whatnot and it was really cool because yeah it was just like how he didn't have to say that mm-hmm. he, he provided those words of encouragement I thought that was really nice. That was so great of him to say that because it made me feel more like, what do you call it? In my beliefs, more convicted in my beliefs in a sense. Yeah. And it kind of like reinvigorated, reinvigorated me and, and got me excited again. Got an uh, energy shot. Yeah, it felt like that. And then, you know, our conversations through texts and all the beautiful what do you call it um exchange of ideas the exchange of ideas and sounds so smart saying that exchange of ideas <laughs> it's like uh it's like monetary exchange right um that's an interesting thought exchange your ideas and I'll provide you in return something greater some information ooh let's 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 think about that. That's an interesting exchange. If you think about that, and and, and when you exchange your dollar for euro uh, or uh, pesos, the currency, currency, exchange exchange, yeah. yeah, I want something there. Okay, so what was I going with this? 
Talking about the podcast, the first eight. Yeah, so anywho, I hope it, I hope it's received well, or if it's not, I want to, uh, we want to hear. hope it reaches people. We hope it does. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Good night. See you later. Live from the RM Studios in Tustin, California, at the crossroads with Gabriel and Lee. 